0: People say, say that they've shot a the dead. Emily Villalon is catching images of what yeah. yeah. they, they believe are ghosts serial on serial surveillance cameras. Location of the infamous there. Salem witch Role hangings. Women.
1: Many indigenous, six many six sex workers. World. All right, hello and welcome to Six Sad World. I'm Mari. This episode we are doing something special. Uh, while Jasmine is away doing her exams, we have a special guest taking over. So welcome, Avni.
0: Hi, everyone. I'm Avneet. And uh, my qualifications include knowing stuff about murder, being kind of into horror, and also being gay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Those are excellent qualifications.
0: Thank you. I'm glad you think so.
1: So I asked Avneet to pick the theme for this episode. And so this week we are talking about... Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Hey. Um, I've watched Buffy about three times now, so I am pretty excited.
0: I'm really excited. Honestly, I'm just... Right now, I just finished a rewatch... Um, by which I mean, I rewatched the first six seasons, and I'm honestly just looking for any excuse to talk about Buffy. So, as soon as I saw Mari tweeting that they uh, wanted a host for their podcast, I was like, oh, sign me up. It's horror? Cool. Buffy is horror. Awesome.
1: <laughs> I'm really glad because I have been looking for an excuse to talk about Buffy. And uh, talking to someone with such extensive knowledge of the series is like an A++ way to get into it. All right. So I'm going to ask you some questions now so that we can get to know you a little bit better. So.
0: Cool.
1: I guess the first thing I'll ask is, how did you get into Buffy.
0: Oh, wow. I really don't remember. Okay, no, it's coming back to me right now. (laughs) Uh, So, in high school, I was a huge Veronica Mars fan. Nice. And so, I had just binge-watched all of Veronica Mars, and, you know, there are only three seasons of that show, so it doesn't take a long time, and you kind of feel like you're missing out on some material but then when i looked it up i just saw all of these um, comparisons between veronica mars and buffy and how like veronica mars was a spiritual successor to buffy the vampire slayer and Mm -hmm. joss whedon appeared in a few episodes and so
1: i didn't even realize now i have to go back and watch it
0: yeah they're like really understated cameos he plays like a manager of a like um bus service it, it it was it's it's a very small cameo but he is pretty funny and um so Buffy was just on Netflix and so I just kind of started watching it I didn't necessarily think it was good based on the pilot it was very of its time very 90s uh Darla was still kind of cheesy uh but then I just kind of kept watching it so I guess I liked it and then eventually I was just hooked
1: i started watching in high school as well um but it was because there were always just like episodes on much music Mm
0: -hmm. that i would
1: just like play episodes of buffy after school so i would come home from school and then i would turn on the tv and there would just be buffy Mm -hmm. and so i would just be getting these like snippets of the series and i was just like Maybe I should get the full story. So I just went online and binged the whole thing in like one summer and I just was like obsessed after that.
0: Yeah, that's really a series where you can't just jump in and watch like one episode that's just playing on repeat. It's first of all um you're just like what is going on, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's, like, easier in the beginning seasons when it's still that, like, monster of the week type thing. Yeah. But then when you get into the, like, later seasons, it's just, like, there's so much background and, like, so much, like, character-driven plot lines that, like, some of them just don't even make sense unless you know the characters.
0: Yeah, I think by the time you get to, like, season five, it's not even, like, it's hard to, like, there are no stand alone episodes in season 5, they're all just part of the arc. Mm. So that's I think that's where it gets like really serialized, really good. Um not that I didn't like the first few seasons, but they weren't as uh cohesive. Uh but there's just so much attention to detail of Buffy, even like the first few seasons. If you miss the Halloween episode, then later on you're wondering, "Oh, how does Xander know so much about the army or yeah. the military?" <laughs> so, yeah. God, one of my favorite episodes as well. Actually, it's not in my top five, but it's up there.
1: I feel like I should like switch one of mine out now, but
0: that's I. Cause f- that
1: was a good one too.
0: There's one that I know that you're going to mention that now. I'm just like, okay, I should mention something else. Well, I think I'll do that. We'll figure it
1: out. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, is there anything else about horror that you like?
0: Weirdly enough, I know this contradicts what I said earlier, so that's why I said kinda into horror, but Mm -hmm. I'm not a huge horror person either, per se. It was really just Buffy that I like. Um, I mean, I just watched Haunting of Hill House, and I described that show as aggressively okay.
1: (laughs) I was really disappointed by it, Mm because, like, the first i want to say five episodes are like really good but then the second half just like felt really rushed and like and at points it just felt like it almost forgot that it was a horror movie like it or like a horror tv series it was just like and then we have some ghosts in the background while we deal with some family drama
0: yeah yeah I feel like I'm the opposite. Maybe I just don't like horror, but <laughs> I kind of liked it more as soon as it delved into the family drama. Like, the funeral episode was
1: Okay, that fantastic. was really good. That was yeah. a great episode. It's
0: not even, like, a funeral episode. It's, like, the family fights just before the funeral. Yeah. Hi, welcome to the Haunting of Hill House cast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but, um, basically I'm not a huge fan of horror, actually. Um, Never really got into it. I'm not scared that easily. There's only one time in the all seven seasons of Buffy where I can think of a jump scare that genuinely scared me, and it was. Um, do you remember Hush? Yes. With the gentleman. Mm-hmm. So there's this one scene where Giles's girlfriend Olivia goes downstairs, um, and then she looks out the window, and then suddenly there's a gentleman like right up against the window. Yeah. So that's probably the one time there was a jump scare. <laughs>
1: So I I personally hate jump scares. Mm -hmm. I it cannot watch horror movies by myself or in theaters because I do not handle jump scares well. Yeah. I am I actually psych myself out more for jump scares than the actual jump scare. Like I will get myself more worked up Uh because of how afraid I expect to be when the jump scare happens that when it happens it's almost disappointing where I'm like, oh it's not as scary. As I thought it was gonna be, but that's I worked myself up into such a fr- like.
0: <laughs> I feel that, yeah.
1: It's it's a problem, mm-hmm.
0: but yeah,
1: that's cool. Yeah. You're also like a true crime buff, so you still fit
0: in. Yeah, yeah. Listen, yeah, I listened to a few episodes just before getting here, and I pretty much knew every single like, most of the cases that you were discussing, even the ones where, um, you and Jasmine didn't even mention a name, I was like, oh, that's, like, the Luca Mignotta case, right? Which is insane, like, if you, um, look up how he's doing in prison, and he got married.
1: He got married? In prison, yeah. Ugh.
0: Yeah.
1: I should not even be surprised, that's, like, just, like, a regular milestone of a serial killer is just, like...
0: Getting married, he's a white gay, so anyone will have, um... Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so why don't you tell us a little bit about your work?
0: Uh, so right now I'm the content editor-in-chief of the UC Gargoyle, which is a satirical newspaper, uh, based at University College at the University of Toronto, I realize I just said university a bunch of times. Um, (laughs) Anyways, we're a satirical newspaper. We do everything old school, like paper, like gluing paper onto giant flats and pages and scanning them.
1: Oh, that's awesome.
0: Yeah, it's so much fun. And um, we really are outspoken about social issues and social justice, but in a very comedic way. Like, our latest cover was, um, so our, our- our theme for the last issue was space disco, and the cover was Share in space singing, and there's a speech bubble where she says "fuck white supremacists." Yeah. So that's I, the kind of stuff I like doing.
1: I love that cover.
0: <laughs> I also did um, recently write for well, not recently, like a few months ago. I wrote for Vice about Buffy.
1: Oh my god! Really?
0: Yeah. So I it was actually for a different publication. Uh, This is like a whole story, but basically uh, there was a call for pitches from a different publication about um, pop culture and basically watching pop culture as a queer person. Mm. Like what TV shows or movies or anything pop culture had an effect on you and your queer identity. Uh, Wrote a pitch for them and there was a sort of back and forth with them. Eventually, someone else was writing about Buffy, and they also they wrote a really good piece, probably more succinct to what that publication wanted anyway, yeah, but basically, um after my piece got rejected, I was like, no, but right now I am so gay and I <laughs> so love Buffy. I need to like put this out there, and so I ended up I think it was like upwards of twenty different publications I like sent this pitch to like the exact same pitch, which is a big no no if you're freelancing but it anyway
1: (laughs) uh i've definitely never done that before
0: (laughs) yeah like every single like they say not to but you just end up doing that um anyways eventually this writer from vice got back to me and he was like oh i'm really interested in your take about buffy especially considering you were born the year it premiered and i was like wow okay that's cool um so then that ended up getting published um i think it was called I think I wrote it, but I think <laughs> it was called uh, How Buffy the Vampire Slayer Perfected the Coming Out Scene, and Ooh. it was specifically, like, more that it was about just how realistic the coming out scenes in the show were. Like, I'm um, talking about when Willow first came out to Buffy, and Buffy was initially a little bit awkward, a little bit shocked, a little bit surprised.
1: Yeah, she just acted, like, really weird yeah, it for, was... like, the first while. Yeah, just...
0: It was a less-than-perfect reaction, and that's the kind of thing I actually really liked about it, was that deep down, like, Buffy really did accept Willow and really did care about Willow, and it changed nothing in their friendship. But I find that a lot of, like, coming-out scenes, especially today, or lately, they've been focusing on characters only being likable if they had the perfect reaction. Mm. And so, yeah. But um, more than that, it was about... Buffy coming out to Joyce as a Vampire Slayer.
1: Oh! That's... That is exactly what happened, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's like the thinnest metaphor the show's (laughs) ever done. Um, And it's just... um, Well, it... I didn't necessarily want to see a story about someone coming out to their parents and it's like they're accepted. There's like no... sort of... Like, there are two routes with that kind of scenario, is that they, they either accept their kids and are the perfect, kind of unrealistic parents,
1: mm-hmm.
0: or if they don't have a good reaction, they're framed as, like, monsters, terrible, yeah, awful, you know? Yeah. And Joyce was kind of neither. Joyce was surprised and was worried for Buffy's safety, not necessarily understanding, but trying her best to be a good mother. And that's kind of how I see my... I mean, I'm still not out to my parents, but that's kind of how I predict my mom will react like when I come out so that's that really um as you can see Buffy I care a lot about Buffy and yeah so that's something that I definitely that I wanted to write about and happy I did apparently that just wasn't enough I just want to talk about it even more
1: yeah I'm actually like thinking about it now and I can definitely see the similarities of like so, I have come out to my mom mm-hmm. a few times actually. Um, first time did not stick uh, apparently, but um um I just remember like cuz it it actually goes over a few episodes cuz it's not like that like that thing that people do in shows where it's like they come out, they struggle and then the next episode They figured it out. Everything's fine. It's no longer an issue and we'll never talk about it ever again. No, But with Joyce, when Buffy came out as a vampire slayer, it would just be like, she would try to like get involved in like these really cute mom ways that are like, it it like reminded me of the time, uh, the first time my mom jokingly mentioned, um, me being attracted to like women Mm -hmm. and like. It was like this really awkward joke, but it came from such this like well-meaning and sweet place. And it was like, this was the first time my mom outwardly acknowledged my sexuality. And it was like, huh, this is amazing. This is great. Like she's trying to be involved and she's trying to be there and it's like weird and awkward and she's doing it wrong. (laughs) But yeah, it's still sweet and like loving in a way.
0: Yeah, I I think one of the funniest Joyce lines from the entire series is when she says when she talks to Buffy and she says, "Are you going to be slaying tonight?" <laughs> it's just such a cute line, such but very emblematic of what you just described.
1: Yeah, it's just like Joyce is adorable. I love Joyce.
0: Me too. Now I'm just really sad thinking about how that plot line goes or her storyline goes. Yeah. Rather.
1: Also, yeah. as a warning to everybody, we're we're gonna be talking about all of the spoilers because you had twenty years to watch Buffy, and if you haven't watched it yet, that's not our fault. FYI.
0: Also, it's just hard to talk about the <laughs> show without uh, referencing things that happened before, after, during production, that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, it's gonna be a much more interesting episode if we don't try to yeah. like dance around major plot points yeah.
0: if we end up talking about veronica mars or hill house even more then we'll we'll we'll, we'll be respectful of that yeah <laughs>
1: yeah um all right let's get into our top five favorite episodes
0: okay right into it yes okay
1: because we've just been going on about it for so long anyways like we That's might fair. as well just like talk about our favorite episodes okay so would you like to go first
0: um so i kind of cheated i did a top five plus an honorable mention which i don't (laughs) know if where that fits in my top five but basically um the honorable mention was something blue uh i think it was like season four episode nine i want to say don't quote me on well Mm -hmm. you can quote me on that i think that's pretty much correct but it's basically um the episode where willow uh it's one of the first episodes where it's like Willow does a spell and it fucks up everyone in the gang. Oh. Yeah. And it's the one where Buffy and Spike think they're getting married.
1: Oh! Bad yeah. episode!
0: Yeah. So it's not really... It's not in my top five, but I just rewatched it. It is probably the funniest episode in the entire series, it's so... It's
1: so uncomfortable.
0: I really wanted to give it a shout out. Um, anyways, into my actual top five, and... Uh, for these, they are in a specific order. I've thought way too much about this. Uh, so I'll just be counting down from five to one. Uh, so number five for me is The Zeppo. It's the episode where, um, there's an apocalypse, but then it's all told from the perspective of Xander.
1: Oh, that's a good episode, too. Yeah. I like when they do the, like, um... Kind of, they almost feel like writing exercises, or it's like, and now write the show, but from a different perspective.
0: Yeah, I think, jo- like, even, like, Joss Whedon even said that Buffy was sort of his, um, practice, or, like, he used it to experiment with, uh, different, like, film forms and different, um, storytelling devices, and even though I don't particularly like Xander, out of all the main characters, I think he's, is my least favorite. hmm that was still such a good episode. It was so funny. Um, it was that was just a really good episode. I'm gonna say that about a lot of these. Uh, number four for me was uh, this is also a cheat because technically it's two episodes, but they have the same title, so it's a uh, graduation day okay. parts one and two. Uh, that's sort of that's basically the season. F- uh three finale season three yes because it's um faith and buffy that final showdown between the two of them which Mm. is probably the best fight scene throughout the entire series yeah and then it all culminates in the in in the entire class of 99 at sunnydale high facing off against the mayor who which was just amazing it was like twist after twist after twist
1: I especially like the part where the principal just gets eaten. Oh,
0: I love Schneider. but Is it Schneider or Schneider? Whatever. I love Schneider, I, so I did feel a little bit sad, but it was kind of poetic justice.
1: It seemed fair to me, in my opinion, but... That's fair. <laughs>
0: and the biggest tragedy is that Giles had to blow up the library.
1: I was actually just reading... Um, one of those, like, fun facts about Buffy articles, and, like, mm-hmm. one of them was about how um apparently the whole cast hated filming those scenes in the library, yeah. and so when they blew it up, everyone was actually, like, relieved to not have to do any more library scenes.
0: Yeah, because it is, like, a very dimly lit set. I, I'd imagine it's a lot smaller than it looked on screen, so... That checks out, actually, yeah.
1: Yeah, and, like, it's usually where all the exposition happens, so everyone's just sitting around listening to Giles, and it's yeah, literally just Giles demons. talking about yeah. demons.
0: Okay, so that's pro- that probably explains why those scenes were acted so well, where it's, like, um, everyone's kind of bored of Giles, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because they probably literally were, um... Yeah, Graduation Day, an amazing two-parter. Buffy and Faith, like, the most sapphic fight in all of television history, probably.
1: I ship Faith and Buffy forever.
0: I I totally feel that. I actually, um, yeah, I love Buffy and Faith. Uh, Number three, which is probably on your list, is Once More with Feeling. Obviously. Yeah, it used to be my number one, but... I think it was, like, just because I've rewatched that episode so many times where I'm like, oh, I can kind of pick apart some of these things. Uh, whatever. But honestly, that was just, like, Buffy, a musical, is a gay person's dream. (laughs) And it was just done so well.
1: It was. And, like, I still get some of the songs stuck in my head. And, like, um, Willow's... No, not Willow's. Tara's, um... What's under Your Spell. Under Your yeah. Spell. That's what I was like, I've got a spell on you? No, that's a different song, not from a musical. But, um, yeah.
0: That's a wonderful song. And Amber Benson's a really good singer.
1: I, I sing it to myself sometimes because I just love it so yeah. much. It's, yeah.
0: I think my personal favorite is um, I'll Never Tell. Mm. Uh, it was the one between with Xander, Xander and, and Anya. Yeah, where they talk about the problems of their marriage and it's the, the a great dance scene which is just magical.
1: I yeah. my um It's also like the episode where like Buffy finally like pretty much accidentally tells everyone that they didn't pull her out of hell. Yeah. And it was like so emotional at the end uh-huh. and i was just like and it's just but at the same time it's also one of the funniest episodes because you have them walking around and then there's just like groups of people in the background singing about the stain on their dry cleaning or parking tickets and like
0: oh the parking ticket song that was um that was marty knoxon actually yeah yeah it yeah, was
1: I was just reading about that, too.
0: (laughs) That was so good. Um, And then you have Jal saying, oh, I'm trying my best, and Anya just taps him on the shoulder. Anya's my favorite character, by the way, um, to finish that sentence. And then Anya (laughs) just taps him on the shoulder. (laughs) Really good. Um, Yeah, that I have a lot to say about one small feeling. Mm -hmm. But um, uh, my second favorite, which um, watching it again as a woke college student, you realize just how mind numbingly racist it is, but it's restless.
1: Which one was that?
0: Um so it's the season 4 finale. It's when the Scooby gang uh falls asleep after having defeated Adam and yeah, the first okay. slayer attacks them all in their dreams. You you, you understand yeah. the whole racist mm-hmm. thing about that.
1: I uh, Oh man. I wish they would have done more with the first slayer.
0: She was really she was really important and Yeah, it was...
1: And, like, I would have... Like, the idea of, like... Right now, it's, like, empowering for Buffy. Mm -hmm. And all of that. But the reason the Slayer exists is because a group of men decided that this little girl is gonna save humanity, basically. And, like... I think it's just, like... They could have done so much more with it. And they could have, like, really dove into, like... How tragic the like origin story of the Slayer really yeah. is.
0: They kind of gla- like they kind of um go over it a little bit. Like I don't like season seven, but one of my favorite developments is when they explore that more. And they don't do a, a very thorough good job with it, but they do sort of allude to the fact that the origin story is essentially a group of men letting a demon. Literally, enter a an underage woman, like a teenage girl. Mm. They don't do a good job humanizing Sanaya. I think her name is Sanaya, the first layer. Um It's almost like I don't know. Buffy was never that great handling race or racism or any anything like like <laughs> that.
1: <laughs> I mean, it is a group of white middle class teenagers yeah like
0: and giles and giles
1: who is a (laughs) old white british man yeah
0: surprisingly ain't like i don't love angel but angel was a little bit better with that regard but just a little bit only a little bit yeah
1: um and i feel like that was just from pressure after buffy basically where it's just like when you're coming out with a new series you're going to be held to higher standards because it's, like, everything that was criticized in your first series is going to be, like, immediately brought to the forefront.
0: Yeah. And when
1: you start a next one, it's like, did you solve the problems from their first series? No, you didn't. Like...
0: Yeah. (laughs) But, um, yeah, so Restless, I have a lot to say about this one, actually. Like, just going into their nightmares, it was very, like, artsy and I don't know. There's like you re- every time you rewatch it. There's something new to notice. There's something new to, yeah. Um, it's probably going longer than you. Want oh to
1: no, notice. it's totally cool. Okay.
0: And my favorite is Doppelgangland, which isn't really like I don't necessarily hear this in most people as most people's favorite Buffy episode, but every like I've rewatched this episode many times and every time it still holds up. It's the one where um Willow and Anya accident- accidentally um summon a uh, wish First Willow who's a vampire into their dimension. Mm-hmm. There's so much to love. First of all, it's the first Anya centri- well, kind of Anya centric episode and like Anya's- Anya
1: post demon.
0: Yes, and Anya is one of my favorite characters, so that's a plus. And it does a lot for Willow's character development. It's so funny. That episode is so funny. Even like Angel is funny in that episode where he cu- walks into the library and says, "Willow's dead." Hey, Willow. <laughs> yeah, because there are two of them.
1: <laughs> uh, okay, I'm just gonna go into mine because there is okay. some overlap. Okay. But I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna switch out once more with feeling because we already talked about it. Uh-huh. With oh shoot, it was just in my brain. It was just in my brain.
0: Do you wanna describe that?
1: Oh, the episode where we actually learn the first Slayer story with the uh, Shadow Puppets.
0: Oh, um... Because
1: that's... I think we learn that when Dawn is in the picture at that point. So that's a couple seasons later. Yeah. from Or a season later from um, when we shadow first learn puppets. about her in Restless.
0: I think that's that episode might literally be called Shadow. I think it's... Is it season seven? It's when Buffy gets offered to um, merge with a shadow demon, right?
1: I think so, yeah.
0: Okay. Let me look this up, because I like doing that.
1: Yeah. Um, and as I mentioned before, I really like this episode, because it was when we first get a glimpse into the origins of the Slayer, and how it's, like, not actually this super great, like, heroic story that we might have assumed it to be. And I kind of really like that, where it's, like... Like, being the Slayer is not, like, a good thing. It's a curse, basically.
0: You're constantly in danger.
1: Yeah, and, like, the... Yeah. Life expen- ugh, life expectancy. Get it done.
0: Yeah, the episode's apparently called Get It Done. Um, yeah.
1: But, yeah. So, like... It's just... It it was one of those episodes where I actually just, like, I really liked how they do di- dive into the, like, darker side of things.
0: Yeah, they really liked doing that with the later seasons. Now, that stuff, def- that's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. One of uh, the few saving graces of season seven for me.
1: <laughs> it yeah. was, yeah, I did really like that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, my next one, and I should mention that mine are in no particular order, because I was, like, struggling just to decide which ones to include and which ones to not include. It's valid. Um, And so my second one is Hush, which you already (sighs) mentioned. um, (sighs) Because it was like, it's almost like over half of it is just silent. And so it's all being told through facial expressions, through like the music they use in the background. Like, it's just like really interesting. And then there's also the fact that Giles has to draw... On the yes. projector, <laughs> he has a really bad drawing. Oh,
0: that's iconic! The um, Buffy will s- will patrol tonight drawing. Yeah, and all of the blood.
1: Yeah, and um, when Buffy tries to um, kind of like pantomime slaying, and so she tries doing the staking motion, but she's not holding the stakes. So, oh she- <laughs> yes,
0: yeah, yeah, that's um. <laughs> So, That's probably one of the funniest scenes in the entire series, and Anya's just sitting there eating popcorn, <laughs> like, not really contributing, because Anya's honestly an icon. Uh,
1: yeah. I feel like, in the group, I would be more of an Anya than anybody else, if I was actually in this oh, scenario. Yeah. Because I would like to believe I, was, I would be more like Willow, where I'm, like, using my smarts, using my witchiness to, like... Solve the mysteries, whereas I'm actually probably more like Anya, where I'd be off to the side just making snarky remarks and not yeah. being hopeful at all.
0: Um, I would probably be Buffy in that regard, but only the one scene where, only the one part where she imitates a stage <laughs> and accidentally innuendos. That's 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 my contribution <laughs> to that conversation. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, Some more overlap my next favorite episode is also Doppelgangland and that's because um, Willow comes back as a vampire and like so we get a glimpse at Bad Willow which we don't think is possible at that moment in the the series and so I actually really love Dark Willow Mm -hmm. like snarky uh, and gay and just like just Dark Willow
0: and that episode is where you first hear, um, and I think I'm kind of gay.
1: Yeah, cause, so, as Avni mentioned, um, they wish kind of vampire Willow and Xander, Willow and Xander?
0: Yeah, well, Xander was a, was a vampire I like, as well. Yeah.
1: Like, I don't even remember Xander in this episode. It's literally just Willow, but there's a scene where they're like, um.
0: It was to Buffy. It was to Buffy, I think, Willow was speaking to. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But the scene where she goes, I think I might... be Like, the where you get yeah. a curse to her is uh-huh. there's, like, um, dark, like, vampire Willow is, like, fighting with, like, regular Willow. And then uh-huh. there's, like, the scene where she just, like, licks the side of her face. Oh. And, like, that's when, like, later Willow's just, like, I think I might be gay. And, like, I love it so much because... After my first Mm rewatch, the second time I watched it, I was just like, that's because you are!
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's like you don't have that context clue at the beginning, and so...
1: (laughs) I love seeing it so early on, where it's just like, Mm -hmm. no, no, Willow was always gay. She was always gay, we just didn't think about it.
0: Yeah, they tried to do that with, I think, behind the scenes, they were trying to decide whether Xander or Willow will be gay. They made the right decision, but basically, you can see scenes with both of them where it's like, oh, yeah, this is pretty clear. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I I would not have believed it with Xander, though. Because, like...
0: Xander was kind of supposed to be that prototype straight white everyman. Anyway, and I think it would have been a little bit gross if he was gay. I don't want him part of my community.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You straights can keep him. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, so I did love that one, too. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm cheating for my next one because I'm actually picking an episode from Angel, which is 5 by 5 And that's because it is the episode where... Um, Faith ends up in L.A. with Angel, and they have this, like, major fight scene. Everyone's trying to, like, capture her, and they're trying to, like, like, get her to, like, go to jail and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, because this was after she woke up from the coma.
0: Yes, this was after she and Buffy pulled that Freaky Friday.
1: Yeah. And so... Uh, there's just like this scene where Angel and Faith are fighting in the rain and Angel's like, I'm not going to hurt you. I don't want to hurt you. And Faith is just like, but I'm bad. I'm bad. And she's just like crying in the rain. And she's just like, you have to kill me. I'm bad. And she's so remorseful for like everything that had happened. And she like really believes that all of her bad mistakes are because of an inherent badness in her. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, oh, It's so heartbreaking, and I, like, the first time I watched it, I cried, and I was just like, it's just really intense, and I just love that episode.
0: Yeah, as soon as she says, um, Angel, please just do it, I just, I, it, I have no words for that episode. It's probably one of the most redeeming, like, the reason Angel as a spinoff exists is that episode. I think that's where it first actually gets good. Mind you, I'm not completely done Angel, but... Yeah. It's okay. That's what Uh it really in my opinion,
1: me. you are not missing much from where you. If if you've seen the Faith episodes, I feel like you've you're yeah. pretty much you're solid. You've yeah. seen all of Angel you really need to.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: Um yeah. Season 5 is bad. I don't like it. I Nobody love... talked to me about season 5. Mm.
0: Season 5 of Buffy meanwhile is the best. Good. Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um and then my my top number 5 in this top 5 is the episode Forever and this is after Buffy's mother dies mm-hmm. and which is like Horribly tragic and sad and I would have picked that in one of my episodes, but it's just too tragic and sad to say it's my favorite. It's, it's
0: hard because you never rewatch the body after you've seen it once. It's just too hard to get through.
1: I had to do it when I was doing the rewatch with my partner mm-hmm. and I was just like, I don't wanna watch this episode. I just don't wanna do it. But I, yeah. I did it and it was just awful. Yeah. Um awful in like an emotional sense, not in an a quality sudden- sense.
0: And the one you chose, it's, like, that's where Buffy first has to be a mom.
1: (laughs) Yeah, which is, like, I really love that they did that because there's Mm -hmm. so many, like, superhero and, like, you know, that kind of vein of work where, like, the parents die and they're suddenly on their own. Or there's, like, parents are suddenly just not there and they don't talk about things like mortgages and Mm -hmm. bills and the fact that she has to go and get, like, a part-time job at... (sighs) The fast food place. The
0: Double Meat Palace. The
1: Double Meat Palace. I told
0: you I had an encyclopedic knowledge of Buffy. Uh, um,
1: the double the yeah. the episode where she starts. Mm-hmm. I could have also been in my top five. Really? Yeah.
0: That's usually in um I don't hate it personally, but that's usually like a lot of people's um and I follow a lot of Buffy blogs and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um it's usually on the lower end, but that's interesting. It is, like, a funny episode.
1: I I liked it because it was funny and yeah. because it's, like, everybody's just, like, Buffy, you have to stop seeing demons where there are no demons. But then she was right, but also the meat wasn't people. Yeah. And I really like that, where it wasn't just, like, a Soylent Green ripoff, mm. like, it wasn't just like, okay, we're doing a Soylent Green episode. It was like, you think it's Soylent Green, but it's not?
0: It's it's just, like, the evil in that episode. It's just the nice old white lady who turns out to be a demon.
1: Yeah. A really
0: horrifying demon, actually.
1: Yeah, because yeah. she gets this thing that grows out of her head.
0: Yeah, a mouth, I think. It's like this really long anteater. Yeah. yeah.
1: It's just like, and, like, she hides it with her wig. Mm-hmm. and like everybody knows there's like the bad wake lady
0: <laughs> yeah and watching that like as soon as that ha- i shouldn't like i was like okay wig snatched <laughs> from my end as well yeah
1: but yeah um
0: yeah and buffy has to deal with being a mother because like if it was just like joyce dying then it's like not whatever, because that was still a very... That still would have been sad. But it's the fact that Buffy has to go straight from being a daughter to a mother having to take care of Dawn because mm-hmm. Hank Summers is an asshole and could never. Um, so that's honestly such a good uh, plot line.
1: Yeah. And like, and in Forever, um, Dawn tries to wish her mother back to life. And everyone's like, Hey, Don, like we've mm, tried this before. it does this is not a good idea. Do mm. not bring people back from the dead. Just don't do it. But she does it anyways, and like, yeah. um, it's that monkey's paw kind of scene where the end of the episode is the knock at the door, and Don has to unwish her, yeah back and like and like. She she does it, and then she goes to open the door, and there's no one there. And it's just, yeah. like, this devastating moment where it's just, like, she has to finally come to terms with her mom's um, yeah. death. And so it's just, like, I don't know. I really like that episode. I think too. it is,
0: actually. I could be wrong, but I think it is, actually, the first time that Buffy cries, like, after um, having already, like, after, like, seeing her mom on the couch.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because she, like...
0: She kind of goes into, prote- like, slayer mode for the rest of... Well, yeah.
1: first she goes into, like, shock. She just, like, yeah. throws up is, like, the only reaction she really gets to have. Yeah. And then immediately it's, you have to deal with the arrangements.
0: You have to tell Dawn.
1: You have to tell Dawn. You have to, you know, um, and then, like... You have
0: to slay a vampire in the most gruesome way.
1: And then, like... And then, like, in the next episode, Giles is gonna come to you with all your bills and be like, um, what are you gonna do about this?
0: Which feels... I don't like later season Giles, just because a lot of his reasons... I, I get that it was probably because Anthony Stewart had didn't want to continue being a regular on the show for season six and seven, but the reasons that Giles left didn't necessarily feel like... Correct. It felt like the Watcher's Council, if their main goal, and I guess this is because the Watcher's Council sucks, but if their main role is to support the Slayer, I feel like they should have been supporting her financially better. Yeah. Especially if Giles gets, if Giles gets paid to be a Watcher, Buffy yeah, should Slayer get paid. Yeah, the Slayer should get paid. Yeah.
1: And to get health insurance. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's some patriarchal bullshit. <laughs>
1: uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Like, I feel like that was a point that they were trying to make oh, with for that sure. as well. But, yeah. It's. Mm. Anyways.
0: Yeah. We've talked a lot. I we love have. this. Okay. Um, I was worried I wouldn't have enough things to say. <laughs> <but>. <laughs> so,
1: um, let's try and keep this last question brief. Okay. Because we need time to talk about our things. Yeah. But, um,. What, it was, is there anything you don't like about Buffy?
0: Uh, okay, um, I think we've already touched upon this. Buffy was not great when it came to race, or racism. Mm -hmm. Um, it was a very glaringly white show, which is pretty much it of its time. Other than that, I'm thinking about this, um, I just didn't like season seven, I feel like most of my rewatches, I stop at the end of season six.
1: That makes sense, though, because that's where it was originally, like, supposed to end. Was it the end of season six or the end of season five? No, it
0: was, um, the end was season five, which would have been a bad ending, I think, but... So I'm glad, but... (sighs) Do you want me to go on my season seven rant? Because I will go on my season seven rant. Go for it. Um, I just thought that the writers didn't necessarily think through season seven with the idea that the gang would fight what is essentially, like, a philosophical entity. Like, how do you fight evil in general? hmm Especially, like, I kind of... I kind of like the fact that the first evil worked as manipulation, but you can't milk 22 episodes out of that. Um, the other thing was that I think season 5 was supposed to be the big fight throughout the entire series. Like, Buffy doesn't even survive it. Glory was kind of supposed to be the biggest um, obstacle that Buffy faces. And it kind of diminishes why I love season six so much. A very roundabout way to say I hate season seven, but basically, season six, what I loved about it was that it was kind of... It was the depression season. Mm -hmm. It was kind of like, okay, you finished the biggest fight of your life. What now? So it was kind of an epilogue to everything else, and I feel like Season 7, just by trying to be this broader epic again, kind of fails at doing that. And also, the, the potentials are annoying. <laughs>
1: mm. That is true. Yeah. Although that is where I first started to like Felicia Day, but then I was, like, I watched a lot of her stuff after, like, her YouTube stuff after, and who then, did
0: felicia day play
1: she was the redheaded potential who was just like awkward okay And um yeah she's like the red i think there was only one redheaded one
0: probably i um, haven't watched season seven in a while so i don't remember i just remember like
1: she also had long hair but it was okay. red i know
0: who you're talking about yeah mm-hmm. um i just remember rona um buffy's only attempt at having a black character Well, actually, no, there was another one um, that season. Uh,
1: There was also uh, Willow's Lover.
0: I hated her. Really? So much. It's like, are we really supposed to believe that Willow would move on from Tara with someone who was so lame?
1: Uh, I don't know. I liked her, and I was glad to see Willow get more gay storylines.
0: That's fair. Because it's
1: like... Like, after Tara, like, who is supposed to, like, fill You're in that right. space? But, like, if you just don't, then it's just, like, oh, so Willow just gets to be gay once, and then we just, like, pretend, like, yeah, it never happened.
0: Yeah. So. I, I always, and I feel like this is, I'm moving into fanfiction-y territory, but I always felt like, because this is just post-Dark Willow, mm-hmm. this is after she, like, murders a bunch of people and almost destroys the world. I almost felt like that was a good place to bring Faith back.
1: Yes. I would have loved more Faith.
0: Because here's the thing, like, they're both, like, in the same place where they're atoning, essentially looking for redemption from having done horrible things to Mm. the people they love. Yeah. And Faith like, I just wanted gay Faith to be canon. Yes! Really badly.
1: Oh my god, that would have actually been a way yeah. better thing to do.
0: Yeah, I always and... liked the chemistry they had, too. I just... It's not as good as, like, hers with Buffy, but it is, like, a good, like... It's it's good in a different way. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: I just, like, really... I just really hated what they did with Faith when they did bring her back in, which was basically just be... Like, a shittier Buffy.
0: Yeah, she was really, I don't even remember, like, she was kind of boring by the when they brought her back.
1: Yeah, there was just that, yeah. like, one episode where she tries to take over as leader, but then, like, gets them all, like, seriously injured in, like, yeah. a really bad plan. And it just kind of, like, pissed me off, where it's yeah. like, okay, so after all of this, like, growth that Faith has, and after all of, like, Mm -hmm. All of this learning that she's done, you're just saying that, like, she wouldn't be as good as Buffy still. Like, she was always going to be worse than Buffy, like...
0: Yeah, I don't know. I just... uh... Season 7 was just, especially towards the end, I actually don't even like the finale that much. Like, the series finale. Mm. I thought it was weird, really rushed, um, kind of dumb. But anyways, uh, yeah, they really did Faith dirty over arc in season 7. Almost like they brought her back for the sake of saying, oh, hey, Faith is here. Yeah. She was a fan favorite.
1: Yeah. So, I just really, like, Faith is my favorite character. Really? Yeah. Okay. Um, and I think it's because I relate to that whole, like, you make mistakes because of your past traumas and because you have, like, trust issues and whatever. Like, Mm -hmm. Faith was clearly mentally ill. Yeah. In my opinion. And, like...
0: She came into the serious wolf trauma.
1: So, like, whereas, like, when Buffy became Slayer, like, she didn't really have... Like, the Slayer was her big trauma. Yeah. So, like, for Faith, she already had trauma coming into this situation. She also had, like, like Buffy, she also had, like no preparation. But she didn't have a Giles.
0: She didn't have a Giles. I think they make mention to an alcoholic mother. Mm-hmm. Um.
1: And like. Um, I mean the fact
0: that she lives in a motel for most of season three that's um.
1: Yeah like so she has like no yeah. parents whatever yeah. and like then like with the whole thing with Angel where mm-hmm. she just really internalizes all of those those yeah. things and is like I am bad and like when I was doing when I when I first watched Angel and like I saw that scene it was during a time when I was like like my mental illness makes me bad and maybe like I'll never be good and like whatever and so that scene was like really powerful for me that's why I cried the first time I watched it because it was just like super relatable and like this way I didn't think would be. Like, I didn't think I would ever relate to any of the characters so much in Buffy just because it is, like, a super white and abled show and, like, yeah. everything is about how fit everyone is. Like, For like I sure. thought Willow would be, like, my big thing. But even then that, it was when it was Dark Willow was when she was most relatable to me. Really? Yeah. Um, but just, like, because of why she goes super dark which is it was after tara died
0: oh that's such a good um i mean tara's death was probably the worst one throughout the show it was like the one i took the hardest like i really i i was just i had no words as soon as that happened
1: i was like like upset, I was like mad at Joss Whedon. I was like, "How dare you do this to like my gay baby? Like, yeah. how how do you take someone so perfect and pure and like yeah. loving and gay and and I, take them from me?"
0: I, it's even hard to like accuse the show of like of um sort of succumbing to like the barrier gays trope because it wasn't really a thing then. Like, this is probably like the first um this is probably the first think it was like one of the first lesbian relationships on television probably and I mean maybe that's also why I don't like season seven is there's no Tara Mm. Tara kind of became like this is a weird theory I have but I think after Giles leaves Tara becomes the new Giles she becomes the researcher she becomes the emotional support for everyone Mm -hmm. including Buffy. She's the person who, like, at first, Giles yells at Willow for her use of magic, and then Tara kind of takes that role.
1: Yeah. So.
0: That arc was, the Dark Willow arc was amazing. It, honestly, um, I wish I had more to say. It was just good. It was, yeah. Yeah.
1: Just the intensity of that like sorrow which turns into anger and vengeance and it's just like really intense and i love it
0: and it's like you thought i was gay and angry before well look at me now (laughs) yeah
1: all right we should actually talk about what we were supposed to talk about
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah that is fair yeah
1: we've both chosen like a creature villain type character um to talk about So, I've chosen the hyena possession from the first season in episode six, The Pack. Um, In this episode, Xander gets possessed by a hyena spirit along with a group of bullies while on a school trip to the zoo, and it's just, like, you get, like, bully Xander, um, and he's all, like, he becomes, like, bad boy Xander, and suddenly he's, like, interesting and cool, even though he's still an asshole, and, like... Um, I think it reveals a lot about his character as well. Oh, yeah. um, But I picked this episode because, one, I wanted to make sure I picked something that Avni would not pick. <laughs> um, and two, I thought there would at least be some interesting folklore behind it. Um,
0: and it is interesting to talk about, because we rarely talk about season one. I don't think we've mentioned season one once. No. <laughs> yeah, so far, so. Yeah, Yeah.
1: and I I actually do personally love the early seasons because I love the Monster of the Week-type episodes. Um, It's, like, the same with, like, Supernatural and X-Files. I love when they're the Monster of the Week ones, but when Mm. it starts getting into the, like, more deeper storylines... Well, Supernatural and X-Files I didn't like when they did it. Buffy actually was, like, cohesive and, like dealt with issues.
0: I like Buffy both ways. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: yes. Um, there doesn't actually seem to be any actual legends or myths that it was based off of, um, but there is, like, some kind of, like, folklore that are centered around hyenas, so I'm just going to tell you all about those. Oh, cool. Um, so... Primarily, um, the, like, legends that I found were kind of from East Africa. Um, that's where they have, like, the most kind of developed folklore about it. Um, and there is a belief that some people are able to transform themselves into hyenas, um, which is different from the Xander possession because he never turns into a hyena. He just... Has the spirit and he has like the flashy eyes, but yeah,
0: none of them do, do they?
1: No. Okay. Um, they're just like supposed to embody hyena traits. Yeah, I guess.
0: And what child isn't afraid of hyenas? Like after the Lion King, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: Um, and so yeah, they transform themselves into hyenas, sort of like um, werewolves transform into wolves. Mm-hmm. Um, in. Ethiopia Sudan and Tanzania these people are referred to as Buddha um these people are believed to hold the power of the evil eye as well as the ability to transform into hyenas and it's believed that uh because it was because they were blacksmiths and that blacksmiths were actually witches and sorcerers and that's why they can like transform and have all this magic um when I was researching this, though, I noticed, like, the kind of phrase evil eye, and it was, like, a curious thing, because I've only really seen it in kind of, like, um, Jewish-affiliated things, um, or, like, Romani people. Like, okay. those are the only kind of people I've, like, seen, you know, discussions of the evil eye before. Right. Um, so, when I, like, looked into it, um, there's actually like a lot of like anti Semitism that goes with it. And so I'll give you I'll give you the backstory. Um so, um in Ethiopia they had a large Jewish population over two thousand years ago.
0: Okay.
1: Um but um since the fourth century they faced a lot of religious persecution, um because that's when they started to um have more Christian influences and so um, from the 4th century on until the 1600s, basically, it was basically a campaign on Ethiopian Jews, um, um, you know, blaming them for a lot of stuff, and, you know, just general assholes. Just assholery. general, yeah, <laughs> general <laughs> um, prejudice.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> just a lot of
1: religious persecution. For sure. Um. And the Jewish population was finally conquered in 1616 by the amhara which is a christian ethnic group um in ethiopia
0: you Uh, didn't see this but i just rolled my eyes um and so after that um after
1: 1616 they were no longer allowed to own land or be educated um apparently started a sentence and then just never finished it.
0: I do that all the time.
1: Um, But basically, that's why um, a lot of Jewish people in Ethiopia were actually blacksmiths and um, more tradespeople, which is um, why it's really interesting that the Buddha are all supposed to be um, tradespeople, like essentially like blacksmiths and these other kind of workers um, who you know are supposed to be witches and evil and all of this stuff right um so the christians use that uh the belief of the buddha to blame the jewish people for causing hunger crop failure blindness illness insanity and death um
0: wow that's a whole wow that's a whole order
1: (laughs) Uh, they believe that the Buddha turned into hyenas to hide their identity so that they could attack the Christians and their children, kill their cattle, and turn them into donkeys, among other horrible acts.
0: As one does.
1: Um, so, a lot of, uh, Ethiopian Christians protected themselves by carrying amulets and talismans to ward off the evil effects. Um, and some priests even performed exorcisms on those they believed to be afflicted. Um... Which sounds, like, really awful, because it's basically, like, um, it's uh, similar to how we, like, know of exorcisms now, which is a lot of, like, tying you down and saying, like, religious things at you yeah. over and over again. Which, if you're not a Christian, and you're having Christian things thrown at you because you're evil...
0: That's... Yeah. yep. <laughs>
1: it's... Mm, it's very <laughs> not a good. little bit
0: uncomfortable.
1: Yeah. Um so um and then I also read somewhere that uh one of the ways they had to deal with them as well is they had to basically like if they were around them, if they acted scared or whatever at all, then mm-hmm. um that meant that the the Buddha could attack them because of the like negative emotions or whatever. So how they had to act around them was like like they weren't even there at all. So it was okay. basically just like a reason to treat Jewish people like garbage,
0: right? <laughs> it's
1: basically like this whole
0: because there were like oh, wow.
1: Um, and I think like a lot of the ideas of the Buddha is kind of like a distortion of um beliefs that the Ethiopian Jews did have um prior to Christianity and their, like, crusades and stuff. So, yeah, that was really fun to research. Wow. (laughs) Um, But there's other um, kind of uh, religious beliefs about hyenas as well. So, um, closer to the Lake Chad region, um, in the former Bornu Empire... I know nothing about geography, so I'm literally just I copied down this this sentence because I don't understand geography.
0: That's valid. <laughs> is it like um, Chad like the country Chad in yes. Northern Africa? Okay. Yeah.
1: So um so this is more closer to northern Africa rather than eastern.
0: Right. But yeah.
1: it does seem to be like connected. All these areas that um have beliefs about hyenas, they do seem to all be in like one area.
0: I mean that pro- that probably just is the area where hyenas exist. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. Live. Yeah. Um If Lion Kings anything to go by. So,
1: in the Kanuri language of that region, um or of that empire at the time, they had this word called boltungin. It's probably not how you say it, but that's how I'm going to say it.
0: I accept that. <laughs>
1: Um and it literally uh yeah it translates to I change myself into a hyena. Oh. So um and it was once believed that there was a couple villages entirely populated by the Baltungan and the Baltungan is just basically a wear hyena mm-hmm. where they can change uh, there's not too much about like their origins or um anything like that that I could find without a paywall. <laughs> right. There's a lot of academic sources that are like, let me tell you about this, like, thing. And then it's like, click, and it's like, pay for the article. And I'm like...
0: Never mind. Never
1: mind. I'll yeah. go back to Wikipedia now. Um, I couldn't find any information linking the Baltangin to the anti-Semitism in Ethiopia, so I feel a lot better about it. Mm-hmm. Um, In Somalia, they believed in the Ori is Maris, which means one who robs hims- rubs himself, not robs, one who rubs himself with a stick.
0: Very different than <laughs> robbing yourself with a stick, yeah.
1: Um, and it was believed that a man could turn himself into a hyena by rubbing himself with a magic stick at nightfall. And then mm. he could turn himself back into a human by rubbing himself on the stick again before dawn.
0: Well. Wow.
1: Um... Some other fun facts about hyenas. In Africa, the hyena was associated with witchcraft in much the same way that cats are in Europe.
0: Ooh.
1: Um, so they supposedly...
0: Probably would have been more interesting if Willow had been possessed in that case, but, you know. Well... They probably didn't have this foresight this... then.
1: Well, yeah, <laughs> and they probably weren't even looking at actual African like, beliefs and stuff like that. I think a lot of them came from, like, European ideas. Because there are some European ideas once they met their first hyenas. Right. Um, so they would... So hyenas apparently go and, like, give birth to their young in the witch's house. And the witch then, like, milks the hyena. Milks. Milks, yeah.
0: Wow. Okay.
1: Um... (laughs) Witches are also believed to ride hyenas naked through the night carrying torches, which sounds um, so gay to me.
0: Sounds like a party.
1: It sounds like something (laughs) I would definitely participate in. Yeah. If I truly believe that the hyena would not kill me. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. (laughs) I
1: I do not think I'm an African witch, so I don't think I have the same connections (laughs) to hyenas as (laughs) them. But if I could, I would definitely participate. Yeah. Um, and it's also said that killing a hyena will also kill its witch through
0: magic. Oh, it's kind of like, um, watching Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, but it's kind of like this similar concept as familiars in yeah. that show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so,
1: yeah, basically hyenas were the, like, go-to familiar for, uh, witches in Africa, which I think was really interesting, um, mm-hmm. because you don't see much about African witchcraft. Which is, like, an issue I have with Sabrina, but that's a whole...
0: Oh, Sabrina's an awful... I need to clarify. It's an awful show. It is. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I...
1: There were parts that I liked about it, but... Ugh, it could be... I feel yeah. like this could be a whole episode yeah. on its own. Um, Although,
0: since um, since uh, we're talking about Buffy as well, the one episode of Sabrina I really liked seemed to be, not a rip-off, but it was very similar to Restless, where it was just about their nightmares. Oh,
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't know. It wasn't like my favorite episode.
0: It was. I but just, just liked anything
1: yeah. with um.
0: A- Ambrose. Ambrose. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No, Any I episode with Ambrose. Ambrose. Although I'm very sus about his white gay boyfriend.
1: Uh, yeah, that's reasonable. I am too. Yeah. I'm almost yes. like hmm, this guy seems sketch. Yeah. Should we like Ambrose? I think you need to like reconsider.
0: Yeah, he kinda just hooked up with Ambrose at uh, whatever. Um Yeah. Uh for more thoughts, check out our Sabrina podcast <laughs> that doesn't exist. <laughs> right. I just Yeah. Anyways, African witches riding hyenas. Yes.
1: Um There are some European beliefs about hyenas. The ancient Greeks had a few ideas as well. Um, because the female hyena has such a large clitoris, their genitals look really similar to, like, the male hyena, so the Greeks were all like, they can change their sexes! Um, and Europeans also just thought they were just super gay, um, which is kind of true because the female hyena uses her big clitoris to, as essentially, like, a strap-on, so. Wow. That's fun facts about hyenas. That's awesome. Um...
0: Hyenas are gay rights.
1: They are. Yeah. (laughs) I... I feel like I'm starting to identify more with hyenas than I did before. (laughs) Yeah. Um... Like, before I I did this research, I forgot that little tidbit in my brain. Like, this was just the one thing I knew about hyenas, which is (laughs) that female hyenas have giant-ass clitorises that they then use to fuck other female hyenas. Wow. So they're super gay... That's um specifically awesome. super lesbians mm-hmm. and i love it <laughs> um but the greeks also believed that if the bodies of werewolves were not destroyed they would ha- haunt battlefields as vampiric hyenas drinking the blood of dying soldiers which i thought was really interesting and i yeah. think that would have been a cool thing to do with buffy yeah um having vampire hyenas like hello yeah i yeah (laughs) i think that would have been really cool and -hmm. then my last kind of thing about this is that europeans during the medieval times also believed that if a lion and a hyena mated that its offspring would be a lucrata and the lucrata was believed to have a beguiling human voice and would lure travelers to their death sort of like um sirens wow so yeah That's my fun facts about...
0: Hyenas.
1: Hyenas. They apparently don't possess people, but you can turn into them if you try hard enough.
0: After talking about how hyenas are so gay and affiliated with witches, now let's talk about how it's Xander who was the one who was possessed and not Willow.
1: Yeah, (laughs) I feel like... They should have just done a little bit more research if they were going to do a hyena episode. But, because there's so many ways this would have been perfect for Buffy. Yeah.
0: Yeah, the show was still young at this point, but I remember the pack being a pretty good episode, actually.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was literally one of the first things that popped into my head when I suggested it i was Mm -hmm. like oh i'm probably i should do like a big villain like the master or something but then i was like but the hyenas
0: i end up doing a big villain so i'm glad you talk about the hyenas uh yeah i'm a staunch um defender of season one and that's probably the first episode where there is like a death of a recurring character or like a character who like wasn't introduced that episode because i remember Like, I mean, I guess the first F was, like, Jesse, but he only appeared in one episode, and Mm -hmm. they all forget about their so-called best friend immediately afterwards.
1: Was Jesse...
0: Xander's friend. Xander and Willow's best friend. Oh, like, literally from the first... Who got turned into a vampire, and then they just forget he exists. He is never mentioned again.
1: Well, clearly their friendship was not as intense as their friendship with Buffy, and it's like... That's the friendship to end all friendships.
0: <laughs> I guess, yeah. Um, but I think I was specifically talking about this one scene where the pack of Hy... Because Xander is busy trying to assault Buffy, that um, all of the other hyenas are... They eat Principal Flutie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's probably, like, the first actual gruesome scene in the entire series. So that is, like, a really good choice.
1: Yeah, I just... yeah. I remembered the part about them eating the principal, and I it was, like, the... Yeah, it was, like, that first episode where it was just, like, and then these kids do something really awful. Because before that, it's all, like, vampires and, like, demons and, like... Yeah. It's not, like, somebody possessed these kids to make them do awful things.
0: Yeah, and it's, like, the stuff before that felt very inconsequential. Mm. Because I don't think a human, besides Jesse has, like, died before that Mm -hmm. you know and um it's also the first scene where you kind of have badass willow emerge is when xander's in the cage and i don't remember i remember like willow lying to xander about something trying to bait him because xander tries to pretend to not zest anymore and then willow kind of is like are you sure about that and xander's like yes are you really sure then xander tries to attack willow and willow's (laughs) just kind of like ha gotcha
1: Yeah, Yeah. you really changed. You got me.
0: Yeah. Um, I am impressed with the amount of research you did into Hyenas, because I did not do nearly the same with my creature at all, and I'll probably just be talking about the show.
1: That's okay. We are, like, an hour and 15 minutes in.
0: Okay, so, yeah, we're good. (laughs) Awesome. Um, so the creature that should I go into mine? Yeah, or go do you ahead. want to talk about hyenas some more?
1: No, I okay. I said all I needed to say about gay hyenas.
0: Uh, gay hyenas icons, yeah. Um, so my creature is also a gay icon, and yes, I did choose like a big villain, but I chose Glory, uh, full name Glorificus, also known as the Abomination, the Beast, uh, the most sweaty feelings causing one <laughs> i think she's referred to that by her minions and uh yeah so i actually chose i think you i think the way you phrased it with your question was choose the scariest um villain not villain you said choose the scariest demon or creature from buffy i
1: said favorite
0: favorite really yes okay well anyway. pick
1: your favorite creature
0: both count <laughs> Both, like, favorite is glory, and scariest is also glory. Um, because she's terrifying. Yeah. Like, I've mentioned that I'm not usually that scared with horror, and probably the only times I've actually been scared watching Buffy for the main character, because, you know, Buffy's a person with her own agency. She can kick anyone's ass. Mm. Like, no business. It's just glory that really stops her. Yeah. And, um...
1: It's the first time that, like, she doesn't feel confident about winning. It's, like... Yeah. And it's, it's the first time that the audience, I think...
0: Sees is, that. Yeah, yeah. And, like,
1: actually starts to feel it themselves. Like, it can Buffy do this? Like...
0: Yeah, the answer is she can, but it cost her her life. Which, yeah, that's the whole thing. But, um... Basically, uh, the way that Glory was introduced, I think this was. I'm just gonna recap my experience watching season five because, uh, it's probably my favorite season. Mm. I think it's that or season three, which I also mentioned a lot. But anyways, um, so like at this point, you're kind of wondering, oh, who the fuck is Dawn? What is she doing here? And, and um, what was really interesting is I think the most of the promos for season five. They post Dracula as, like, the main villain of the season.
1: Really? Yeah. I didn't even know that.
0: Yeah. Buffy versus Dracula was a big deal the summer before season five. And they kind of do away with Dracula really quickly. And are like, oh, you thought that it was going to be this man? Um, So, basically, Glory appears. Uh, I believe it was season five, episode five? Wait, let me think about this. It was episode four. There's no place like home. And... I think that's the title. Don't quote me on this. I mean, you can. Uh, (laughs) um,
1: I mean, you have more memory for the names than I did.
0: I mean, that's probably because I just rewatched it. But um, anyways, it was episode four. There's No Place Like Home. Uh, You see the uh, Gregorian monk dude uh, in a warehouse, and he's kind of scared. And there's this giant metal, almost like garage door, like, like, safe thing that like Mm. no one would ever be able to knock down and you just hear three thuds and then it gets knocked down like it's paper Mm. like it's fucking paper being ripped off and then you expect to see this like huge monster that's capable of it instead it's kind of like this tiny redhead with like amazing curly hair wearing a red prada dress and high heels and that is the most terrifying villain, not just in Buffy, but I think in all of television. For me, at least. And um, she just walks in, is basically like... Oh, the first lines that she said were like, There you are, I've been looking all over for you. And you kind of get into that glory sass. Yeah. Um. But the real what-the-fuck moment is... Oh, they do such a good cop-out is when Buffy first meets Glory, um, she goes to save the Gregorian monk, and essentially um, looks like she's distracted trying to untie him while Glory sneaks up behind her. Mm. And there's this moment where you're like, no, Buffy, no! And then she turns around, grabs Glory by the neck, and says, I'm not stupid. And that's when Glory first, like, hits Buffy, and she goes flying across the room. It's It's like.
1: It's intense.
0: It's an intense scene, and you almost, like, are like, oh no, Buffy is doomed. Oh wait, Buffy's got this. Oh no, Buffy is doomed. Mm. Um, and basically that's just, honestly, like, she's a gay icon. She's great. She dresses amazing. (laughs) She is so funny to watch. And she's just this badass woman who just wants to get her key, you know? She just wants her key. She's not even, like, evil. she I mean, she is evil, but, like... <laughs> <laughs> she just wants... She just needs her key. She wants to go back home. Um, but Glory was that villain where... Usually they figure... Like, at first when Buffy fig- like, goes through adversity, um, especially when it comes to fighting a villain, a vampire or something, um, she manages to do it pretty quickly. She manages to pinpoint that creature's weakness And goes back and usually wins round two. With Glory, she almost just never... Like, until the end of the season, she doesn't figure it out. Mm -hmm. Like, Glory is, like, this overarching villain that is completely unbeatable. And every time they faced off against Glory and survived, it was pretty much out of luck. Or because Willow did a spell that almost cost her her life or something. And... Yeah, honestly, favorite creature glory um especially when they get more into her powers and her godlike abilities mm-hmm. which i'm always intrigued by and i think this trope is called the physical goddess or physical god rather where um you know like a god is supposed to be like this like non-corporeal entity who's supposed to be able to, like, shoot bullets, whatever. And it's like, what if you just made a god a person and gave them the personality of someone who's, like, essentially spoiled, expects whatever they want because they're a god, and curse her with being a human? Because that's Glory's biggest struggle, is just being a human with emotions. Which, same. (laughs) Like, I relate to that. And, um, so that was a great... I lost my track of thought. Hold on. (laughs) That was just a great thing for the show to explore, because I don't think they've ever explored gods or goddesses before that.
1: No. Like, the closest you get is, like, the master, I guess. And that's more of, like, a hell. Yeah. Like, hell god, I guess. Yeah. More so than, like, a god god.
0: Yeah, a god of a different dimension, I think it was a hell dimension. The The show is really weird when it comes to Christian themes of, like, heaven and hell. But, yeah, that's essentially how it goes. And, um... Oh, I did actually write down a direct line from Giles, which was that he describes her as, like, a goddess from one of the more unpleasant hell dimensions. <laughs> yeah. Um And you have the scenes where... Yeah, essentially... They just never figure out a way to defeat Glory until the last episode. Um, every time she appears, you are terrified. Because there's no way- you've seen Glory kick Buffy's ass twice. Mm -hmm. So, like, when Glory first appears at Buffy's house, you're just like, oh no. Oh no, not at their house. Not with Dawn there, not with Joyce there. Mm. Um... And I think it's kind of special the way that Buffy, like, poses, like, essentially, like, probably, like, their most conventionally attractive villain as, like, the scariest. Mm -hmm. Because normally you think of a scary villain, you think of, like, Adam or someone who just looks creepy. Yeah. But then is lame. And it's... I don't know. I thought that was, like, an interesting thing because the show is, like, subverting in practice like Buffy was made because it was like they were like oh what if a monster attacked the blonde girl and the blonde girl kicked the monster's ass mm-hmm. and it's like oh what if the blonde girl met another I know she's a redhead but another mm-hmm. blonde girl and that blonde girl kicked her ass <laughs> um so that was really interesting probably my favorite villain and creature um I don't I didn't really do a lot of research behind gods because I feel like there's no place to start with this because the show is weird about... Oh, hi, cat. (laughs) Um, The show is weird about religion and how gods and goddesses work. Um, I don't don't think they even clarify with glory at all. And, um, yeah, so basically it ends with Buffy running, which is a big what-the-fuck because you never see Buffy run away. Or accept defeat, really. Mm. And so she's like, oh, I cannot take her. I cannot defeat her. Um, And then shit hits the fan. You get to the ending. Anya doesn't get enough credit. (laughs) Like, when you get to the end of season five, Anya is the person who actually comes off the plan to defeat Glory, which is essentially with a giant, like... Take the orb that she is weakened by. Mm-hmm. I think it was called, um, what was it called? The Dagon Sphere. Yeah. Yeah, take the Dagon Sphere. Um, a giant troll hammer hit her with a hammer. Um, so she really gets the ball rolling there, and, um, that's probably, that's how they figure out how to defeat Glory, but barely, because Busby still had to sacrifice herself mm-hmm. at the end, and honestly, I can go on a huge ramble about Glory. What?
1: Yeah. What I really liked about Glory was that I felt like it was a really good kind of depiction of, like, the damage that can be done by, like, white women who feel wronged, but, like, rich, like, powerful, rich white women who feel wronged, and it's, like, the damage that they can do because they're, like, well... If these people didn't wrong me, I wouldn't be in this situation. I wouldn't have to do all these things to, like... So.
0: I'm just, like... I didn't even think about it that way. I'm just, like, okay, here, Mari, take my wig. (laughs) Like, um... Yeah, I... That definitely checks out, because Glory is definitely, like... Being a god, having gotten everything she wanted, Mm. is probably the most privileged person... Mm-hmm. in the entire series. And so she's annoyed with the fact that, first of all, she now has to share her body with, like, a nobody. <laughs> I really don't like Ben, mm-hmm. but that's another <laughs> demon. Um, and she has to find a key to get back home, and it's kind of, like, the only thing standing in her way are a bunch of twerps <laughs> and, like, Buffy who... Yeah. um she could easily defeat Buffy, but again, she needed to know who the key was, which... Yeah, I th- thought that was... Yeah, the damage that privileged white women can do. That's a really good way to phrase that. To phrase how like, glory works. I'm not sure if Joss Whedon is that woke, but...
1: Uh, I doubt it. Yeah, <laughs> <But> <laughs> implicitly. i I'm sure that's not what he was going for with it. Yeah. Um... But I'm sure it has to do with the fact that, like, yeah. being in, like, Hollywood or whatever, wherever mm-hmm. Joss Whedon is, I don't know. Yeah. But But um, that would be the type of woman he would see, like, a lot. Cause yeah. Especially, like, in, like, to be someone in the film industry, mm-hmm. you kind of have to, like, be that way. Yeah. And it's, like... Like, I'm sure it was just from a matter of, like, repetition of just seeing the same type of person and it's like, well, what if, what if this type of person had godlike powers?
0: Glory is literally that straight woman. I mean, I just say straight because, okay, well, let me rephrase that. Glory is that kind of woman who would, like, literally be partying in West Hollywood. Mm -hmm. Like, going to a gay club, feeling her oats, you know? Mm -hmm. Um... And yeah, Joss Whedon really likes to see skinny white women fight each other.
1: (laughs) Joss Whedon is, like, I have so many conflicting feelings because I do love his work. Yeah. Buffy, Dollhouse, Captain in the Woods. I love so much of Joss Whedon's work that it's just, like, at the same time, it's, like, he does have this obsession with pretty thin white women Mm -hmm. and, like, being put in, like, really awful situations and just like like there's so much to do with like sexual assault yeah. there's so much to do with just like like with dollhouse it's all about like, essentially like women being used as sex dolls yeah well not just women there are also men there but like
0: but the primary i I haven't seen all of dollhouse but the primary one is eliza Dushku. yeah yeah
1: and I do love the show, but it is kind of, like, a messed up
0: Yeah, what's plot kind device. What's <laughs> kind of sad is that Joss Whedon's, like, treatment of women, especially in his work, is relatively good compared to the rest of Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Like, it is kind of a low bar, but he really exceeds over that low bar.
1: But um, I do, I have heard that, like, he's still, like, a shitty shitty dude yeah um and i don't know how much you've heard about it but one of the things um that i've heard is like so my big thing about angel and why i hate like the the last half of angel so much is like Mm -hmm. in the last season cordelia gets her character completely like all of the character development is essentially just like completely like wiped out Mm -hmm. um to do this plot line and um the rumor is that uh the reason it happened was because Charisma Carpenter, um, Joss Whedon was trying to sleep with Charisma Carpenter and she wouldn't do it.
0: Really? And
1: so he essentially just like ruined her character and all of the development she had because she he wasn't getting his way with her. And apparently this is like a thing that he does in a lot of his shows. It's like kind of use it to pressure women into things.
0: I hadn't heard about that at all. I've just heard that he's, um, all I've really heard about was that whole thing about him cheating on his wife and being emotionally abusive.
1: Yeah. Well, there's, I feel like there's a lot of things that are really messed up with him. And I think you can see it a lot in his work. Like every time I hear something about Joss Whedon, I'm like, I believe it. Yeah. I think about that like I can think of like several episodes from Buffy where it's like, hmm, yeah, that would make sense. That's
0: Yeah, it's almost like he he does write these dynamic female roles like better than most people in Hollywood do, which again is a low bar. But, and this is just my speculation, it almost feels like he uses that as an excuse to say, hey, I'm one of the nice guys, I'm one of the good guys, you should sleep with me. Mm-hmm. You know? And, yeah, that's really disappointing to hear, because Cordelia, like, Charisma Carpenter is the reason to watch Angel. It like, is. way more than David Moriarty us.
1: Yeah, I, yeah. like, I didn't, Angel's alright,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but without Cordelia, it's just yeah. not...
0: Yeah, I'm in the middle of season two right now, and I'm just dreading the day when it's no longer about Cordelia, which is, like, I like... The only other character I really like is Mm Gunn, and by virtue of him being the only person of color in the entire Buffyverse, he's, like, not that well-developed, even.
1: No. Yeah, there's a lot of weird things they do with Gunn, which, like, makes me sad.
0: Yeah. I do like Lorne, though. I think Nah, not really let's I... cut that out <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: um i yeah lauren's one of those characters where it's just like
0: is he gay <laughs> it would be more interesting if he was gay
1: but at the same time they never explore it and like yeah. it just seems to be like it's he's funny because he's a demon Who but he acts blanched? gay Yeah. And, like... I
0: mean, he's introduced by him singing, I Will Survive. So, And he owns,
1: like, a karaoke bar. Yeah. For demons.
0: Yeah. I think the thing about Buffy is that I rarely attribute some of the woker aspects, like... The way that Anya is written, the way that Willow is written, the way that Tara is written, I attribute that more to Marty Knox, to, like, other writers like Marty Noxon and Jane Mm -hmm. Espenson getting it right, especially since, um, I mean, I love Jane Espenson, I love her work, and I love her interviews, I think she was interviewed by Gilmore Guys, for her Gilmore, for her episodes on Gilmore Girls, and then she was interviewed by, I think, uh, Slaterfest 98. And she really sheds some light into how she sees these characters, and that's kind of the more woker aspects that I attribute more with. Because I don't necessarily, like, I don't think a man could have written Anya the way that she was written and do her justice. I also think that Emma Caulfield acts the hell out of Anya.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Anya would be a a different character for sure, if it was done by anyone
0: else yeah i think it literally is uh, it is marty noxon who gets character credit for anya as well because she first appears in the wish which is her episode
1: oh yeah but yeah like (laughs) anyways we are at the hour and a half mark so okay (laughs) i'm going to um wrap us up here okay um do you have any social media that you'd like to plug?
0: Um, let's see. I'm on Twitter as Avneet says. That's... should I spell it?
1: I'll put it in the description.
0: Okay, awesome. I'm on Twitter as Avneet says. Uh, Instagram as not Avneet. Uh You <laughs> yeah. Um, you can follow my because I do drag in Toronto. You can follow my drag account at We Love Kala, uh, underscore. Mm. It's We Love Kala underscore. Um. Yeah, I guess you can see me around. Find me on social media. Uh, my pinned tweet is my article advice vice about Buffy. So, okay, I'm, I'm a nerd gonna. Like
1: that. I'm also gonna link that in the description, and I'm gonna go read it as soon as you leave. Basically, I don't um, get too
0: excited. But yeah,
1: it's an article about Buffy and gayness. Like that's, that's fair. That's a reason to be excited.
0: Oh, that's the kind of you know write the articles you wish you read in high school
1: <laughs> right <laughs>
0: that's the moral <laughs> yeah
1: um okay and so uh you can also reach out to six sad world on twitter and facebook and instagram uh you can find us on twitter at six sad world ssw um i'll leave all the other links below as well uh If you want to support us, you can always contribute to our Patreon for as little as a dollar a month. Um, And that'll go towards, you know, this not costing me more money than it makes me. Um, (laughs) Having this not be another money suck would be really awesome. So,
0: Mari and Jasmine are awesome.
1: (laughs) Give us money. Um, (laughs) um, And... Would you like to do our sign-off?
0: Oh, and remember, don't be a murderer or a demon or a hell goddess. Well, you can be that. That's cool.
1: Yeah. And maybe don't, like, punch people's faces off.
0: Yeah. Don't be a murderer.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, we'll see you next time. Bye!